Would you turn to Proverbs, the fourth chapter, this evening? And uh, we're going to pray, release our faith, and I'm going to begin a new series this evening, and I'll uh, ask you to believe with me, use your faith. I hadn't really taught this exactly this way before, but we, like always, we're trusting the Lord for utterance and direction. So uh, just release your faith right now as we pray. Father, we thank you for everything already tonight, all this week and all the good things we enjoy in you. And we set ourselves in agreement as touching this thing, asking for utterance for tonight, for all of us, for eyes that see, ears that hear, a heart that understands Asking you for revelation of truth that sets free. Help us to come up to a higher level in you and to experience the fullness of what Jesus has bought and paid for. Answers to questions and the direction for right now. And we purpose not to be hearers only, but to be doers. And we know as we do what you say, we will be blessed because you are faithful to watch over your word and perform it in our lives In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 1 says, Hear ye children the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine, forsake you not my law. I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also and said to me, let your heart retain my words, keep my commandments and live. Verse 5, get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, she'll preserve you, love her and she'll keep you. What will preserve you? What will keep you? Wisdom. Verse 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, or so, get wisdom. Or is there a message here? What? Get wisdom. Right? Get wisdom and with all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her and she shall promote you. What will promote you? She'll bring to you honor. What will bring you honor? Wisdom. When you do embrace her. She'll give to your head an ornament of grace. A crown of glory. Shall she deliver to you. Hallelujah. What will do all this for you? Wisdom. So that's what I want to talk about. We want to talk about beginning tonight, and we'll go, you know how we do, as long as the Lord directs us to. But we're going to talk about the wise man and the fool. And we're going to try to find out which one you are. (laughs) Now, we're going to let you do that. But the truth is, all of us have been both. If we've endeavored to follow the Lord for any length of time, you know, don't raise your hand, don't testify. But have you ever been a fool? 
Maybe it was a little thing. Maybe it was a big thing. But you went away kicking yourself going, dummy. Oh, ignorant. Well, and then have there been times that the Lord led you and you were at the right place at the right time. And you knew what to do and you did the right thing. And it turned out right. Wisdom. God is a God of wisdom. The Spirit of God is called the Spirit of Wisdom. The Word, the Bible, is called the Wisdom of God. Wisdom, very, very important. And so much of areas of lack and failure in people's lives is the result of a lack of wisdom and just ignorance and foolishness. So we're going to get into this. And we're going to believe God. Because, you know, the, just skimming along and talking psychology and using catchphrases that you've heard other people say is not what we're after. We're after the Lord talking to us about this. He told us, get wisdom. Right? So what are we interested in? Let's get it. Right? How many with me saying, I'm going to get some wisdom? He wouldn't tell me to get it if it wasn't available to me. Right? But it's not just automatic. It doesn't just fall on you or you wouldn't have this word get. Right? If I say go get some milk, what does that imply? It lets you know that there is some milk that can be gotten. Right? And it also lets you know we must need some more milk. Elsewise, we wouldn't be sending you to get the milk. When he says get wisdom, there must be a lot more wisdom that we can have and get and enjoy. Right? And do we need some more? Could we use some more? Oh, whew. So many things we wouldn't have done and wouldn't have problems we wouldn't have had if we'd have had some more wisdom and walked in it. And I have it on my heart. Of course, you know, out of all so many things in the Bible that we could be starting a series on. I just had it in my heart that this is timely right now for you and for me. So many things in the next coming months and the next phase and steps of our life, we're going to require additional wisdom and understanding to what we've had. And the Lord is always ahead. Amen. He's always ahead of the enemy. He's always ahead of our needs. And uh, if we will come to church. Yeah. And if we'll read our chapter, right, if we'll pray, if we'll listen and do what he said, we won't be caught behind. We won't be lacking. You know, it's sad that among so many Christians, and I'm talking about including so-called charismatic, Pentecostals, word of faith people, if things are going pretty good, a lot of people, and when I say a lot of people, I'm talking about hundreds of thousands will lay out a church. They won't, you know, they come once in a while and they miss all these services and all these sermons and all these messages and all this input. And uh, without realizing it, as time goes by, they're getting weaker. You know, um, how many have noticed physically, you don't really know what kind of shape you're in till you make a demand on your body. Right? 
I mean, you can feel, oh yeah, I'm pretty good, you know, I think I could do what I used to do. And then you try to do it. And you get a revelation. (laughs) That you're a lot weaker and a lot less stamina, a lot less endurance than you thought you could do. And uh, it's kind of like, you know, the champion. He won the fight and he's the champ of the world. And he, you know, immediately he celebrates and he's eating junk and he's laying up on the couch watching TV six hours a day. And once in a while he stops in between commercials and thinks, you know, it seems like there's something I ought to be doing. <laughs> ah, <laughs> click, click, give me some more junk food and, and just rock along and rock along and rock along and call him and say, hey, you know, are you going to be ready for that fight next week? Ah. Oh. Well, how many know if you're not dealing with something now, you ought to be getting ready for the next thing. Because there is going to be a next thing. Now, people don't like to hear that. They're like, oh, Brother Keith, don't speak that over me. Well, (laughs) in life, there are things to deal with. And even if it's not a negative thing, something the enemy's trying to mess with you about, you're always going to have to have faith to believe for the next thing in God, to come up to the next level, the next vision, right? So if you're not dealing with something right now, you need to be feeding your faith, getting ready for the next thing coming up, because it's coming, whether you're ready or whether you're not. And uh, the more ready you are, the easier it is. If you hadn't been preparing, God dealt with you, but you didn't read your chapter every day. He dealt with you, but you didn't go to half the services. He dealt with you, but you didn't pray. Well, something come up, and you go, oh, Lord, and you realize, I am not ready for this. Well, God is gracious and merciful. And many times, just by the mercy and grace of God, He will help you, and you'll make it through, but you will feel like you have been beat up and run over, and you barely made it. And people think it was because it was such a terrible ordeal, but really it's because you were so out of shape spiritually. Are you with me now? But if you and I will obey every day, we'll be ready always. If you'll obey every day, then no matter what comes up, you'll go, ah, that's why God's been talking to us at the church about that for the last six months. We're ready. Ah, that's why the Lord's been talking to me about that in my prayer time. Ah, that's why the Lord led me to read that extra and talk about that. He's been getting you ready. And he'll get you ready years in advance. See, everything the Lord's done here in this church from the first service till now has been preparing us for what comes next. He is the God of wisdom. He is the wisest of all. And he knows what's coming up. And he's got us on a course. If we'll cooperate. If we'll stay hooked. And so what you got, you got so many times uh, Christians and and church members that uh, lay out and lay out and lay out and don't read and don't pray. And then something comes up. And they come and want the pastors or want somebody to help you. You don't believe with me. And they want you to give them in a two-hour counseling session what they should have been getting through all those services for the last two years. And it just doesn't work. You can't cram all that into a couple of hours. Are you with me now? So wise people like you will be sitting in your little blue seat on Friday night. 
Right? And wherever your church is, you'll be where God puts you. Right? People don't realize, Phyllis and I were talking about this a while back, and I think sometimes people don't realize this is not for Keith and Phyllis. I mean, you know, I, he gives what he gives to us for you. Now, it benefits us too, but he gives it to you. It's for you. This church is for you. This building is for you. These services for you. Right? And you. On the internet. So, what are we going to get? Wisdom is the principal thing. That's a big statement, isn't it? So what? Get wisdom. Get wisdom. Well, let's begin to define this a little bit. First of all, what is wisdom? Like a whole lot of things, there's a lot of uh, confusion about it. What's wisdom? Uh, Let's talk about foolishness and wisdom. Uh, The word foolishness is the word we get our word moron from. <laughs> so it kind of all goes together. Moron. It's uh, moros and several different variations of it. And it means dull, which is the opposite of sharp. Right? It means heedless. Heedless. And what you see here is the idea of being unaware and you're unresponsive, heedless. When you heed something, you're aware of it and you respond to it. A fool is unaware. Now we live in a world where a whole lot of people are unaware. Oh man. Have you been in public places? And people just run over you? Didn't even see you. Because they got something that's important for them to do. And they're oblivious that there's a whole lot of other people in the world with them. That have lives too. And are doing something too. Now, don't judge them. Judge you. Right? Love is aware of everybody around me. What's going on with them, what they need more than me. Love prefers its brother and sister. Well, a wise man is aware. A fool is unaware. We might say clueless. The fool is clueless. Another definition of a fool or foolishness is lack of foresight. A fool is always surprised. (laughs) Anybody know what I mean by that? A fool is constantly surprised. Oh, wow. (laughs) I didn't know that was going to happen. Oh, boy, I didn't think about that. Oh, oh, no. (laughs) Surprised. The fool has a constant expression of shock and amazement and surprise. Oh, I didn't know if I'd have known that, I wouldn't have done that. Yeah, but you didn't and you did. So here you are. Fool. Now to us, we look at fool as a four-letter word. And it's like cussing somebody. But, but get that out of your mind. 
And people talk about foolishness like, oh, you know, those kids are just cutting up, acting a fool. They're just full of foolishness. No. Look at it in the Bible with a Bible understanding. You know, anybody can be wise and a fool in the same day. Hmm? It's up to us. So a foolish person, a fool, is a dull, heedless simpleton. Here's another word. Simpleton. Lack of foresight. Now, wisdom is an interesting thing. So many, I've heard so many definitions of, of wisdom, and, and so many of them you cannot back up with Scripture. It's just people's ideas, and that's not okay. But one of the key words that you'll see that most of the scholars use from way back, you'll see it both in the Old and the New Testament, skillful, skillful. And there's really, you know, there's not a whole lot beyond that. You just have to kind of, you'd make it up, and people do. They fill in the blanks. But I like to just stay with what you know. Everybody say skillful. Skillful. A wise person is skillful. Now, you're going to see as we, well, instead of me telling you, let's just go and look. How many know there's a book that talks a lot about wisdom? Huh? It's the book of Proverbs. And let me encourage you while we're doing this study to read in this book. I know you got your chapter every day, but you could do another chapter. Couldn't you? Or you could sit down some evening and read four or five chapters of Proverbs. But get in here and read some. Don't try to read all of it at once. But, you know, slowly, uh, you know, let it saturate you. And before you read it, say, Lord, open up my eyes and my heart and let wisdom get in me. And understanding... And read it. Because God, this is, you know, if you said, I'd like to sit down and talk with God and have him explain wisdom to me. He did, and he wrote it down. Did you hear me? I understand if you were sitting at the throne right now and asking God about wisdom, he's not going to tell you anything that contradicts this or is different from this. We must value this. So this is God's revelation and instruction of the wisdom that's in him. So let me encourage you. I'm going to be doing it. And you join me. And read in the book of Proverbs. And over the course of the weeks. We'll read the whole thing through. Hopefully more than once. So get in there and read some of this. Now go with me please to Proverbs the 14th chapter. We're going to a lot of Proverbs. And that shouldn't be surprising to you. Because we are on a quest. We are on a mission. What are we after? To get wisdom. We know we have some, but we want to get more. Right? Increase in wisdom. Now, in uh, the 14th chapter of Proverbs, we're still defining what wisdom is. Proverbs 14, and uh, I'll begin in verse 1. It says, every wise woman builds her house, but the foolish plucks it down with her own hands. How many know that uh, it's a fool who tears down their own stuff? Right? But have people ever done it? Oh, 
all the time. Why? They're not thinking about, okay, you know, if I alienate all these people, who's going to be my friend? Are you with me now? Oh yeah, I pitch a fit and demand my way and I do all this. Have you ever seen people like that? And then they want you to be their buddy. Chew you out, treat you like dirt, and then let's be buds. (laughs) Well, you're dumb. Simpleton. You're not aware. You weren't thinking about the aftermath. You can, you're gonna see this over and over and over again. A fool, like I said, is always surprised. A wise person is always looking ahead. Thinking, okay, and if I do this, what's gonna happen? And what's gonna come next? And where's this gonna put us? And the thing about God, He's so wise, He sees the end from the beginning. And He knows where He wants to go. And he's not confused. And he has a plan. And everything he does is strategic. Are y'all with me now? You helping me out? Everything he says, everything he does is with purpose. And in the right direction. And has the correct domino effect. And the more you and I, who are his children... Imitate him and act like him. We do it more and more and more. And we're shocked and surprised. Less and less and less. Right? We're not just barreling through life clueless. (laughs) We have some understanding. And we have some wisdom. Now notice this. Where are you? 14. We read verse 1. Skip down to verse 8. The wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way. But the folly of fools is deceit. The wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way. He has understanding of what's happening. The folly of fools is deceit. The fool is deceived. Believing lies. The New Living says this. The wise look ahead to see what is coming. But fools deceive themselves. Skip down to verse 16. A wise man fears and departs from evil. But the fool rages and is confident. Let me read that to you from some other translations. A wise man is cautious and turns away from evil. But a fool is arrogant and careless. Another one says, a wise man suspects danger and avoids evil. But the fool bears himself insolently and is presumptuously confident. Everybody say presumptuously. Confident. Now this has occurred too many times among so-called faith people. They were confident or tried to be without a basis for their confidence. And that is being foolish 
not being in faith. Can you feel what kind of subject this is? Do you understand? We got to have revelation and utterance every second on this. Are you with me? Because this is not something people have dwelt on as much as they should have. You and me included. All the more reason for us to boost ourselves up in something we haven't had as much of. So presumptuously confident. See, the wise man sees where it's going and stops and goes another way. The fool just blares on, rages, and is confident. Now see, confidence sounds like faith. But here, it's being a fool. Let me give you an illustration I learned early on in our ministry. I worked in the uh, under Brother Kenneth Hagin's ministry for a number of years. And one of the first jobs I had was talking with people on the phone and praying with them. And I hadn't been there a month or so. And a lady called in just crying, boo-hooing on the phone. And, and I couldn't tell what she was trying to say. And finally understood that she had just been mugged that morning. Somebody had knocked her in the head and grabbed her purse and ran off with it. And she was distraught. And so I asked her, you know, well, are you okay physically? She said, yeah, yeah, I'm not hurt that bad. I got a bump on my head and some scratches, but I'm, you know. She said, but that's not the biggest thing. She said, I'm a believer. She said, I quote the 91st Psalm almost every day. I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. How could this happen to me? Well, now let's just stop right here. We've talked about this before. Do you remember this phrase, always stay on God's side? That'll get you through some rough places. Always stay on God's side. Here again, it's foolish to get aggravated at God. It's foolish to think he missed it. Huh? But did you know there's all kind of Christians that are aggravated at him? I talked to somebody today, and they're mad at God, because God, you know, they asked him to heal him, and they said, well, God didn't heal me. What's wrong? What's his problem? (laughs) Yeah, somebody said, you, that's it. Other than you, he doesn't have any problems. (laughs) No, that's dumb. Now, I know we're laughing about it, but there are many Christians who think God is their problem. They're aggravated. Even if they don't come just straight forward and say it. They're aggravated at him. They're kind of miffed at him. You know he didn't do that for me. Why did he let that happen? Why didn't he do this? That is being a fool. Did you hear me? That's being a fool. God never let anybody down. God never did anything wrong. He never failed to do anything he should have done. Ever. Ever. Now people on the other hand. Frequently fail. And frequently fail to do what they should have done. So a wise person. A person with some understanding. Is going to say hey. I don't know what happened here. But I know God didn't miss it. How many wise people do I have in here? Now, no matter what happens, you start off 
on God's side. On the side of the Word. On the side of the Holy Ghost. On the side of Jesus. Because no, Lord, I know it ain't your fault. I know it's not your fault. Have mercy on me. Show me what I need to see. Now we, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but we're going to see the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Another way of saying is the reverence of God. Isn't that what we're already beginning to talk about? See, it is disrespectful. Oh, it's disrespectful. Shake a fist and go, God, this is not fair. This is not right. You're a fool. You're being a fool. Acting like you can judge him. You know enough to challenge his righteousness and accuse him of being unfair. That's, I mean, how much more a fool can you get? That is a fool. A wise person, I don't care how bad you feel, how traumatic the thing might be to you, a person with some understanding and wisdom is going to look up through their tears and through their feelings and go, God, I trust you. You've never failed me. Your word cannot fail. We missed it somewhere. Hmm? We missed it. Show us what we did wrong. What we don't see, reveal it to us, please. Have mercy on us. And that, the Bible said, is the beginning. That is the start of the wisdom of God. You're reverencing God. You're honoring Him. That's why people in the world who rail against God are such fools. Now see, one thing that people have not understood, you know, when they think wisdom, they think of somebody uh, with a diploma and a cap and gown. You can have 12 degrees and be a fool. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah. Knowledge is not the same thing as wisdom. There are a lot of folk with a bunch of knowledge that are just fools. They can quote numbers and they can quote stats and they think they are so intelligent all day long. And people who have some understanding can see right through them. They are a fool. And one of the biggest fools on the planet is the person that says, well, let me quote it. The psalm said, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. There's no God. Now, that's the biggest fool on the planet. He or she can't even get started in wisdom. Because how do you start? Where's the beginning of wisdom? The fear and reverence of God. And if you don't even believe there's a God, then you are destined for fullness. And you will remain in fullness. And nobody can help you. You can go to school the rest of your life and you'll still be a fool. <laughs> right? Oh, but there's a spirit of wisdom. Oh, there's a God of wisdom. Who sees everything and understands everything and knows the end from the beginning. And you have an unction of the Holy One. And He'll cause this wisdom to come up inside you. And you'll just know things. And see things. And know what to do and how to do it. And people go, man, you're smart. You go, nah, nah, I ain't that smart. I got the smart one, the wise one in me. He helps me out all the time. I've had people, things we did in ministry, they said, man, how would you think that up? I said, I didn't. I didn't. It just came to me by revelation. Right? 
Well, then that's not something I came up with. That's something he gave me. It's the wisdom of God. Tell me where the wisdom of God begins. The fear or the reverence or the respect, the honor of God. You honor his word. You honor his spirit. You honor his ministries. You honor his people. Right? And the more you develop in this, then your ears are going to be open and your heart is going to be open for increase of wisdom. Where were we? Yeah, I'm not through with that. Uh, 14, 16. Read it again. A wise man, he fears and departs from evil, but the fool rages and is confident. I was telling you about the woman that got mugged. Do you remember that? So you let me forget that. Now the Holy Ghost reminded me though. Uh, and she's upset. And she is beginning to get off God's side. She's going, I, you know, this ain't supposed to happen to me. And why God let this happen? Well, see, she's accusing him of not doing something he should have done. That's being foolish. And uh, I didn't know. I mean, I'm just getting started in the ministry myself. And when she asked me all this, I'm sitting there thinking, (laughs) I don't know. But I've checked down inside. I got the greater one inside me. And, you know, I didn't say it over the phone, but inside myself, I'm saying, Lord, help me to help this lady. She's hurting. What do I tell her? And so she's crying and she's aggravated at God. And it came up in me. I said, well, you know, what was going on that day? This morning, you know, what was going on? You had some business or something you were doing. She said, no. She said, it was a rough part of town. And. Everybody knows it's rough over there. I said, but you needed to be there. You felt like you should be there. She said, well, actually, I had a check about going. And uh, I said, you did? She said, yeah. And, of course, by this time, she's beginning to to see some things. And she's not crying quite as much. And she said, but, I, you know, I quote the 91st Psalm. And, you know, uh, no harm will befall me. And so she went on. Do you see this verse right here? The wise person does what? They, another way of saying this is from a scripture we just read. They take our definition. The wise person takes heed. Right? Oh, come on now. Come on. This is so important. The wise person takes heed. Pays attention to what they got. And makes changes. Changes their plans. I don't care what's going on. See, people think so many times, yeah, but I got to be there. Do you now? I got to go. Get home-itis has killed more people. Hmm? You know it's true. Get home-itis in cars and airplanes and everything else. I got to go. There's been times I was, you know, I fly myself. And so I'm doing stuff here, and then I go and preach my heart out and stay up half the night studying and get up and fly. And it requires a lot of you, mentally and physically and every other way. There's been times I was halfway to the airplane to fly home that night, and I said, no, go back to the room. Yeah, but you're all primed to go, and I got the plane pulled out, and it's all ready, and so. Hmm? That ain't going to help nobody if I'm dead in the morning. 
Anybody, you know, understand what I'm talking about? Yeah, but we're all planning. That's how we've planned, and that's what the schedule. If you're led by the schedule, you are not led by the Holy Ghost. And there's been times I just stopped and said, you know, no, no. Well, why, Brother Keith? The Lord speak to you? No, not audibly. I just had a check, and I just, that's all I need. Right? Elsewise, you'll have confidence. But the wise man, there's going to be something come up that you'll get a sense of something, and the wise man will take heed to that and avert it and avoid it. But the fool will do what? Rages. Ah, get out of the way. Nah, I'm a man of faith. I'm going to go. (laughs) Not for much longer. That's a fool. But people act foolishly in the name of faith. This is what I was endeavoring to get to. Are are you getting this with me? Are you hooked over? People have done this again and again and again. And they called it faith, but it's being a fool. You can't separate protection from being led by the Spirit. You don't just quote scriptures over yourself. And the same thing with money. Well, I'm just, I'm going to do this and I'm going to put my money in there and it's going to grow and, well, you got to back up and we're going to see this again and again. People rush over the beginning of a thing. They already got it planned and, uh, you know, they already got the house decorated and all the furniture moved in in their mind before they were ever sure you're supposed to get that house. Wisdom always focuses on the start of the thing. Are we even supposed to do it? Then, when it's God, there's wisdom in it. You can lift up your eyes then and see where it's going. Do not rush past the beginning. You know, I've seen this in traveling. We get a lot of invitations. I'm thankful for that. I could go every day and night. But uh, there's been a few times, not too many, thank the Lord, but there's been a few times over these 25 years or so, there's been a time or two. I'm thinking one time Phyllis and I are flying back from a place and I looked at her I said you know I don't feel like this weekend was the best use of our time. I just I don't feel like the people were ready for the meeting. I don't feel like they received it that well. I don't feel like it was the best use of our time. And you know who I blame for that? Ah the people the people. No. Right here. Did you hear me? And there's been a few times, not too many, thank God, but there's been a time or two where you just, it was troublesome. I mean, it cost three times the money to do the thing, and it took you twice as long, and it wore you out twice as much, and you realize, I missed it on this. You know, I'd have been better off at home. Are you with me now? You understand what I'm saying? Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom has to do with revealing the plan of God. And so there's been times when, man, I had to pray and pray and use my faith to get through the weather. And it was just a deal, just getting there and back. And again and again, I realized I didn't spend enough time on the beginning. Should I even go? Are y'all helping me now? Should I even go? When you spend enough time on the first step, When you get that one settled, then 
everything else is going to flow. If it's something I'm supposed to be doing, then this is bigger than me now. Right? God has a vested interest in making this thing happen because it was his idea. I'm just doing what he told me to do. And so, man, he's going to help me with everything. The traffic and the weather and the accommodations and my strength and everything. But why so many people are so wore out and so many problems is because they don't spend enough time on that first part. They just make plans and they blare into it and they get problems and then they go, God, help me, help me, help me. Hmm? So the wisdom of God is to look at the beginning really closely and check it and check it and check it. Look at, um, you're there close by, um, 24. Flip over to 24 Proverbs. If I don't give you a, a book name, you know what it is, right? 24. And verse 3. What does it say? Through wisdom is a house builded. And by understanding it is established. And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. (laughs) Whose uh, scripture is that? Let me read you, what is this, the NIV on this says, The rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. Amen. Phyllis and I have been standing on that one for a few years now. And they just keep coming. Rare things. Beautiful things. This is for you. This is for you. For you. But now notice, wisdom is in here, and understanding is in here, and knowledge is in here. First of all, say first of all, first of all, all, through wisdom is the house built. It's back up, you know, you're looking at the beginning. Why did we build the house? Wisdom. Because we're going to need a place to live. It's not going to be summertime forever. (laughs) See, I mean, you know. A fool just lays up and thinks, well, it's 85. I don't have to have a house. (laughs) Right? What do I need a house for? I can live right here in the woods. (laughs) But a wise person says, it ain't going to be 85 forever. Right? (laughs) We'd be baling hay with my grandpa at times. You know, these little, not the big round ones. We had the little square ones. And oh, man, in Mississippi with 100% humidity, you can get mighty hot. It's been hot around here. It's been Mississippi hot here. Yeah. So uh, we'd haul these bells of hay, I mean, all day long. And we're thinking about, man, it is so hot. Man, it is so hot. And my papa would say, boy, this will sure be the snowball this winter. <laughs> these old cows will be so glad. It'll sure be eating snowballs. Well, that's what the Bible talks about, even an ant. Right? Be wise like the ant, because what does the ant do? Gathers its food in the summer. Hmm? God has put wisdom in that ant. Now that ant does not have a calendar. He does not know what day it is or what month it is. Right? He does not have the big picture at all, but God put just a little dab of wisdom in that ant. 
and something in him motivates him. We got to get it while the getting's good. We got, we got to get this food now and put it up. And so, man, you see him just marching out and marching back and marching out. Every time you see that, you ought to think wisdom. Wisdom. They are preparing for the future. Right? Because other animals and insects don't have that. They just live for the moment. <laughs> it just is what it is. And of course, they're always surprised. <laughs> Always, the fool is always surprised. <laughs> they wake up in a different world every day. Well, through wisdom, the house is built. The decision to build the house was because of wisdom. Right? It's the wisdom of God that you and I have a church family. Wasn't my idea. Wasn't your idea. But God knew what was coming up. We don't see a fraction of it. I mean, we're just getting started here. But he saw then from the beginning and that it was good that we have a family here. There are other good families here. I don't mean to imply that, but I mean for you and me, for us. And it's wisdom that uh, the preparation be made. And most of it we haven't gotten to yet. But God is putting us together and giving us our buildings and our lands and our properties and our money and filling us full of word and faith. Because he knows what's coming up. Right? He's not discovering everything every day. God's not sitting in heaven going, well, look at that. (laughs) Who would have thunk it? Surprise, surprise, surprise. Uh uh-uh. uh. Now, he knew what he was doing. Right? And he knows what he's doing. And he knows where it's going. So, through wisdom, the house is built. That's why the house was built. Because of wisdom. And then let me just stop right here. Let's open our spirit up and let the Lord show us what is important. I'm just touching some things tonight. I've already touched a number of things. And when are we going to back up maybe and spend more time on them as time goes on? We'll see how the Lord leads us. But I'm just referring to a lot of scriptures instead of turning to them. But the scripture says that even though there's much tillage in the land of the poor, uh, fools die and are in lack for want of wisdom. In other words, the resources are there. But they perish not because of lack of resources, but because of lack of wisdom. You know, there are numerous countries in the world that really have more natural resources than we do. The riches of their natural resources far exceeds ours, though ours are great. Well, why aren't they richer than us? The resources have been squandered. They have not been handled properly. And I mean, ours hadn't been handled the best they could. But they've been handled better than a lot of others. So, so many times people are thinking, well, I just, you know, I got to get more money and I got to get a better job and, and I got to get it hooked up with some different people and I got to do this. No, no. What's the first thing you need and the main thing you need right now? Wisdom. Wisdom. You know, I'm thinking about a man right now 
And back in the, this would have been late 60s, early 70s, he got a hold of one of Brother Hagin's series on how to be led by the Spirit, reel to reel. And he listened to that, 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 and he had $50, $50. Today, he's worth hundreds of millions. He took that $50 and turned it into hundreds of millions. Over a period of decades. Well, how many in here has got $50? And a Bible. And access to the wisdom of God. You got the same God he does. I got the same God he does. Right? Well, then why should we bump along forever broke? When it is possible by the wisdom of God to turn $50 into three or four hundred million. Is it possible? It's happened many times before. But the problem is foolishness. People eat all their seed. Did you hear me? Have no vision. Are convinced. I'm poor. My mama was poor. Her mama was poor. We poor. We're poor, but we're proud. Well, you need to be delivered from both conditions. Right? Everybody say wisdom. See, we really have the resources right now to go far, to go very far. It's what we do with them. It's how we handle them. Right? Can the wisdom of God lead us to be at the right place at the right time? To invest the right thing. In the right thing. At the right time. To buy at the right time. Sell at the right time. Get in at the right time. Get out at the right time. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but Brother Keith, I just don't have enough to even get started. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. You're despising your seed. Despising the day of small beginnings. Man, if you sowed $5 and you made 20 man, that's a big harvest. Get excited. But now don't just eat the 20 <laughs> Sow 15 or sow all 20 right? In the right place. You need to make both spiritual and natural investments. Both. Both. Everybody say both. both. I'll say it again now. Both. both. Yeah, so to the church. Yes, so do you brothers and sisters. Yes, so do the missionaries. Yes, so do the kingdom of God. That's the best investment you'll ever make because it brings the biggest return and it affects you not only now, but in eternity. But part of the way God prospers you is he's going to lead you to natural investments to multiply the natural seed. So there's both spiritual and natural investments. Say it out loud. Both. 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 Spiritual Spiritual. and Natural. Both. Both. So what do I do? Well, (laughs) wisdom. By wisdom the house is built. And by understanding it is established. Now you got to have some understanding, don't you? We got carpenters in the church. Now if I built the house, it might not be too hot. Because my understanding of carpentry and wiring and plumbing is not that hot. You got to understand. Because some people, you know, they start building a 
of the wrong part first. You know, and they'd, they'd frame the thing up and put the roof on and realize they hadn't put the plumbing in yet. Whoops. See, fools are surprised because they, you know, they didn't think. And people have done stuff like that. You know, they build something and go, oh man, I should have thought of that. Well, that's why you don't rush to do it. Never rush through the planning stages. Oh, spend extra time on the planning stage. Spend extra time on the thinking. Spend extra time on the praying. Hmm? Well, hold your place there. Go to Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes 10. Do not rush into doing the thing. Spend extra time. Is this coming across all right? I feel like I'm trying to say it different ways. It's like that traveling thing I was talking about. The time is not spent just in traveling. The time, the big thing, is deciding where to go. That's the big thing. Where and when. Take lots of extra time on that one. Should we get into this? You know? Because then once you got it, it's your baby. You got the house. And now you found out it needs to be rewired and it needs to be replumbed and there's legal problems with the right of way and there's this and that and well, I don't understand. Well, the devil's attacking me so much. No, no. Whose deal is it? Now, if it was the Lord that you were supposed to get it, then there'll be grace to overcome every one of those things. Right? But if you rushed into the thing, and now you got doors open for the enemy to cause you problems. It's your fault. What's that? It was that real estate person. No, it's your fault. It was those former owners. They lied to me. It's your fault. Your fault. Yeah, but they lied. Your fault. <laughs> they cheated me. Your fault. Your fault. Some folk don't like that. Well, I know. It. See, we talked about that what a while just a few weeks ago about blaming other people. No. See, so many times that's the thing. People, that's why counseling is so popular. It is. And that's why we don't do as much of it as a lot of people do. No. Because we're led not to. Why? Because people want somebody else to tell me what to do. I don't have to pray about it. I don't have to be led. Just tell me. Then if it blows up in my face, I can blame you too. Well, that don't cut it with God though. People try to make it that way, but it's not that way. You have the Holy Ghost. You can pray. You can be led. Right? So if you went the wrong way, it's your fault. Be a man, be a woman, admit it, right? Ask God to help you out of it, but don't blame other people. That's why we live in such a Sue happy generation. Nobody will take responsibility for their own decisions. I always want to blame somebody else. People get so mad, you know. I saw this big lawsuit a while back, you know, these people were at this place and their child got killed. Well, they want to blame everybody and sue everybody everywhere around it. Did it ever occur to them? Were they even supposed to be there? Did you hear me now? 
Some friends of mine, I talked to them right after the uh, the tsunami. And uh, interesting, I was talking to the lady, and she said, you know, we were supposed to be there that day on vacation. Right there on the beach, one of the main beaches that just got washed away. And said, uh, we were all, we are set, we were all primed, we were excited about it, the kids were excited about it, and my husband said, no, I don't want to go. She said, why? Why? And they went back and forth a couple of days. Well, why? I mean, every kids are going to be disappointed. And he, both of them, you know, are spirit-filled ministers. And he said, well, no, I just, uh-uh. Nope. Nope, we're not going. <laughs> and she finally just submitted to him. Wasn't happy about it. He said, well, okay. <laughs> and their lives were saved. Yeah. Isn't that something? The wisdom of God. I said the wisdom of God. And a number of people, Christians I'm talking about especially, who were there. That people get mad, well I don't understand, why didn't God spare them? You don't know that he didn't lead them the same way. Right? The question is not why didn't God protect them. The question is why don't people listen? Why don't people pay attention? That's the question. We got to pay attention to our heart. A fool is heedless, unaware, and unresponsive. But the wise person pays attention and takes heed, right, and responds. Are you in Ecclesiastes? Now, he said by wisdom the house is built. It was wisdom that the decision was made to build the house. And do not rush past that part. Look at that, look at that, look at that. We did not just jump up one afternoon and say, we're going to Branson and start a church. (laughs) We did not. It took us a couple of years to realize that the Lord was really, you know, telling us to relocate our ministry. Then it was six months, the last six months of that, that we realized it is Branson. And I found out if it's God today, it'll be God tomorrow. He doesn't change every other day. And you keep seeking him, you'll just get stronger and stronger in you, right? You think you know, check it again, you can be more sure. And then I realized when we got up here, you know, that we're supposed to have a church. Now that, you can call me foolish if you want to, but that was a surprise to me. That was like, (laughs) huh? Say what? I didn't think that was my call. And so I spent quite a bit of extra time praying. I mean, Phyllis, those, I, I just shut up and wouldn't come out. I stayed in the bedroom. I stayed praying. I was like, God, I got to get this straight now. Right? I got to know. See, how many understand? Now's the time. Well, at that point, before you step out, before, because, see, the thing is, you start into something, and you have a little challenge in your finances, or you have a little challenge over here, somebody talks bad about you, or somebody don't support you, or whatever. The first thing will happen, the enemy will come and say, well, you ain't even supposed to be doing it. You dismissed it. Well, now's not the time to be deciding that. You should have got that nailed down, bolted down, cemented, right, before you ever took the step. 
And if you did, then you can weather anything. You can say, no, no, none of these things move me. I got that settled before I started on this thing, right? So no, the money will just have to come. Everything will have to work. Why? Because we've heard from the Lord. You got to have that part. But what I'm saying is don't rush through that part. Spend all the time and then some extra time. Check it and check it again. Check it and check it again. Now notice this. He said through wisdom the house is built. Through understanding it is established. Look in Ecclesiastes 10. Ecclesiastes 10. Verse 10. Ecclesiastes 10. 10. If the iron be blunt. He's talking about an axe. If it's blunt. And he do not whet or sharpen the edge. Then must he put to more strength. Anybody found that out by experience? If you don't sharpen the axe. What's going to happen? You got to put more strength into it. And it's going to take longer. But what is it going to say? But wisdom. What has wisdom got to do with chopping down a tree? Wisdom is not just for church, friend. Right? Wisdom is everything you do. I'm excited about this. I am. God's starting something with us. And he is going to give us revelation. We are going to see where time is being wasted. We're going to see where resources are being wasted. We're going to save all kind of time and money and miss problems. And we're going to become more proficient, more efficient, right? And we're going to get more done with less effort. That is the wisdom of God. He's already given us some wonderful things. But how many know in the heart and mind of God, there are things that we've not seen that we just look at and go, wow, now that is smart. That'll save us all this time and all this money. That'll get us all these results. That'll win more people in a week than we've been doing in a year. It's the wisdom of God. Oh, he knows, he knows, he knows. He'll show you. You think you know how to multitask. God is the king of multitasking. Oh, man. He hears all the prayers at once and answers them simultaneously. And heals and delivers and leads and directs and protects and all at once, all at once. You talk about somebody's got it together. <laughs> you never saw anybody has it more together than him. He is the king of togetherness. No wasted motion. No wasted words. No wasted effort. Everything is exactly the most productive and the most beneficial. Precision. Profit. Success. What does he say? If you don't sharpen the edge of the axe, the iron, it takes a lot more strength, a lot more sweat, a lot more work. Right? But wisdom is profitable 
to direct. Listen to the New English translation. Since a dull axe requires great strength, sharpen the blade. Everybody go, right. Sharpen the blade. That's the value of wisdom. It helps you to succeed. The NAS says, if the axe is dull and he does not sharpen its edge, he must exert more strength. Wisdom has the advantage of giving success. The living says, a dull axe requires great strength. Have you ever tried to cut something with a dull axe or just a dull knife? (laughs) You're like sawing the thing and then you mush it and it didn't even cut. And you go, He said, be wise and sharpen the blade. Everybody say, sharpen the blade. blade. Say it again, sharpen the blade. blade. Now let me give you a scenario here. Why don't people sharpen the blade? Phyllis got it. Yeah, time. Why don't you sharpen the blade? Because it takes time and we got to be in a hurry and the other guys are already in the woods chopping trees. See, we're talking about this. Where do you put the time? In the beginning. In the beginning. In the preparation. You don't just grab your stuff and run. You lay it all out. Everything should have its own place. Right? Everything should have its own place. God's universe is that way. Right? The orbits are precise. Even in a cursed state, it's amazing the precision that remains in the planet. In your body. And this is in a cursed state. It's been messed up. But it still retains so much of its precision. But the wise man. Everybody else grabs their axe. And runs to the woods. They already been working. And sweat's flying. And bark's flying. How many understand. Just because there's a lot of noise. And a lot of motion. Does not mean that that's everything. People that's making the most noise. Is not automatically the people that are getting the most done. Wisdom will allow you to get more done in less time, with less effort. Now, who wouldn't be for that? Get more done with less effort in less time. Who votes for that? So what do you got to do, though? Everybody grabs their axe, runs to the woods. They're singing, and they're swinging, and the bark's flying, and they're sweating. They're working, 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 working. And what do you do? Yeah, but you're not even in the woods. What do you do? You sit down and you get your file and you're sharpening the axe. Looks like they're way ahead of you. Sounds like it. Some people might even look at you and go, well, what you sitting on that stump for? Get busy. You are. See, this is wisdom. Why hasn't Brother Keith come out of there yet? He needs to get busy. I am. So a lot of you didn't get that. Now, I know, I know what I speak. 
I come from a line of people with strong work ethic. My granddad, he worked himself till he physically, till he broke his body. My dad, same thing. He worked himself till he broke his body down. Multiple jobs. I mean, you did not lay up in the bed and goof off. You got busy. You did your work. And then some. You pulled your weight. And there's some good things about that. But when I got into ministry, and the Lord's dealing with me about praying and waiting on him. And I'm, you know, I'm trying to take some time and pray. And my mind is racing. What are you doing? You're just sitting here. In this chair. You're laying across the bed. You need to get busy. I am. Come on now. Some of you are getting this a little bit. And some of you are like. What am I doing? Sharpening my axe. Are you getting this now? And man, I had to work on myself. I had to renew my mind because, you know, all my training and generations of more men are saying, get up, boy. Get out there and get with it. Yeah, but my job is spiritual. How do I get with it? Well, see, I could book myself silly. Right? I could book myself back to back. And man, I got a jet. I could keep the sky hot, man. I could call him before I got in and said, quick turn, quick turn, have the fuel truck waiting on me. All right, fuel that thing, fire up, we gone. Yeah, if I hurry up, I can preach three times a day in three different states. Now sometimes, if the Lord leads you that way, okay. But people get addicted to busyness. And they have to be moving, 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 two cell phones and a fax machine and text messaging and the microwave going. <laughs> and if feel like I ain't doing anything. And these are people who waste enormous amounts of time and resource. Three people got that. <laughs> these people who are so busy Waste enormous amounts of time doing things they shouldn't even be doing. And are chronically fatigued. Always talking about how busy they are. Always talking about how tired they are. And it's because they're doing things they shouldn't even be involved in. What should they be doing? (laughs) Sharpening their axe. You gotta put your flesh under to do that. Especially if you've been busy, 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 busy. You, oh, whew. In healing school one day, we had, uh, healing school at the Hagen ministry every day, twice a day. And the morning session was just for those that had problems in their body. It wasn't open to the general public. Just for them if you're coming to receive for yourself. And this particular week, I had like four, uh, businessmen who were CEOs of companies. It's interesting how it worked out. They were there at the same time. And I had my message ready. And I came and I, and I, we sang a song or two and, and I, uh, said, turn to such and such. We're going to preach on healing today, you know. And I started and I looked at them. They were sharp. They were sitting there with their daytimer notebook open and their gold pen and they were looking at me like, 
Come on, let's get with it. Right. I've got a 1030. <laughs> and the Lord checked me. He said, tell them, close your Bible, close your notebook, put up your pen. We're going to wait on the Lord for two hours today. Does this have anything to do with healing? They that wait upon the Lord, they'll renew their strength. What about them that never have time to wait? They, see the rest of that passage goes on to talk about how they will run. Come on now, and they won't get weary. They won't faint. Well, we got a lot of weary people. So what is obvious? They are not waiting on the Lord. They are just going, 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 going. And a lot of people are doing it in the name of ministry, in the name of the Lord, and it's not true. I said it's not true. They're doing a lot of stuff the Lord never told them to do. Some of it's good things, but he didn't tell you to do it. And one of them told me later, he said, oh, man, he said, this is one of the hardest things I ever did in my life. Because he's used to, come on, come on, let's get it, let's go, let's go. I got an appointment, I got the next thing, I got to be here this afternoon. Come on, get them on the phone, get it faxed, get it done. Where's that email? I said that was part of their problem. Stomach ulcers. Migraines. Digestion problems. Did you hear me now? They're in there because they got problems that they can't get fixed with a pill or at the doctor. They need healing major. And here the Lord gives the prescription. Wait on me. I went to the piano. (laughs) I sang. We said praise the Lord. Two hours. It took most of them the first hour to just begin to get their head quiet. I could tell them they're trying, but they're like, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Come on, I don't know, praise the Lord. And see, if you're used to that, your mind is going all over the place. You're thinking about your schedule the rest of the day and what you got coming up and what you're going to do for lunch and who you need to call. And see, if you're doing that, you are not waiting on the Lord. Your mind's got to be on Him. And uh, we came in the next day. They made it. We came in the next day and I got ready. And I said, well, close your Bible. <laughs> I could see them there going, oh man, not again. And we just waited on the Lord all morning. We did that for like four days. And they got healed. They got healed. <laughs> so what's the first thing to do? You find your stump. Everybody's out there, sweat's flying, bark's flying. You get your axe, you look at it, you look at the handle, you're turning it over. Yeah, that looks pretty good. Where's my file here? Get this. Shh. Shh. People are looking at you. Man, I've been chopping for two hours already. Would you get over here? Yeah, where's your tree? Well, it's still here. We're still working on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sharpen, sharpen. And while you're sharpening, you're praying in the Spirit. 
glove in name Christi fiadesti, ove mani proposti fiadeci. Turn it over on the other side. You're sharpening, you're sharpening, sharp till you know it, you got it right. Oh yeah, yeah, that looks good. And you're still praying in the spirit, and you get your axe. Now, Lord, what tree today? This whole forest full of trees out there. It's a lot of folk been slinging sweat and bark for half a day already, and you're still talking about, you know, you hadn't got there yet. But are you wasting time? No, wisdom is profitable. Lord, what tree? What tree? And you're just praying in the spirit and you're looking and you're checking in your heart. Ah, that tree. Right there, right there. Yep, yep, that's it. That's the one. That's the one. Now see, other people have been slinging sweat and bark for hours, but uh, you're further ahead than they are. And you haven't even swung an axe yet. Because I don't care how hard you're running, if you're running the wrong way. I don't mean no difference how hard you're chopping if you're on the wrong tree. And so you got, yeah, that's it, that's it. I got the witness right here. That's the tree. Lord, now where do I hit it? Where do I hit that tree? Ah, that little knot right there. Right below that. Yeah, I got it. I got it. All right, Lord, give me strength to do this thing. Sharp axe. Right tree. Right spot. How long is it going to take? Boom. Boom. Same place. Same place. Same place. Same place. Other place. All right. Focusing on that one spot. You hear a crack. All right. Step back. Oh, there it comes. There it comes. All right. It's down. Yeah, I'm going to go home. I still have time to play with my kids. And other folk are still chopping. And oh, they're working. Oh, they're working. But the tree's still standing. And it's the wrong tree. Now they're going to have a lawsuit because they're chopping on somebody else's tree. <laughs> I mean, know what I'm talking about now. Wisdom is profitable to direct. Stand on your feet, please. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.